This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. As always on a Tuesday, it's the big picture with Investec Asset Management. This week we speak to Portfolio Manager at Investec Asset Management in London and that's Philip Saunders. Philip, 118.30 euro dollar as I look at my screen now and it was 104.30 not that long ago. What is the impact of such a massive move on the dollar to the downside because of reasons which we'll talk about later? But what does it mean for asset classes worldwide, do you think? Well, it's probably fairly constructive because um, actually a strong dollar tends to be associated with tightening international liquidity. Uh, so it's you know particularly when the dollar is very strong. You know the flip side of that is that um, EM assets and currencies tend to have a pretty hard time. So during the taper tantrum, for example, dollar was strengthening, and uh, um, and that was you know very deflationary for international assets. So weak dollar, you know, actually is um, is a bit of a boon. Uh, because it means that uh, uh, international liquidity is sort of somewhat looser, um, and um, and that's obviously been pretty good for markets internationally. Yes, indeed. And talking about markets internationally, the Dow Jones is within a whisker of 22,000. As we speak, it's about 40 points away from that. Who could have believed that? And is this the final knockings of a bear market, which is slightly long in the tooth, or because of what we've just spoken about, currency factors and also other things? Do you think that this is more or less the end of it or not? Well, I mean, you know, equity markets tend to make new highs. And so... You know, the fact that a market goes through its previous high is uh, they're, you know, they're real assets after all. Um, however, um, and actually, if you if you look at the sort of chatter amongst fundamental investors, you know, it's all focused on valuations and how extreme they are and how we're riding for a crash. And yet, equity markets have continued to grind up. And so the sort of the fundamentalist cacophony has, has, if you like, got louder as a result of that. Obviously, if you're an algorithm, you don't really care about that. Uh, the market's going up, volatility is extremely low. You know, you, you are very long. Uh, and so um, ETF investors also that basically are now in the driving seat, you know, are sort of continuing to drive this market higher, particularly in the US. Uh, and again, ETF investors... Are not that concerned about valuation. They want a bit of the action because the market's going up. So we're clearly in a momentum-driven kind of market that's associated with, you know, late cycle of an equity bull market. Um, but what is going to result in calling time on this one? Um, the underlying global picture, you know, has improved. I mean, literally, you get positive news out of Europe for God's sake, uh, which has been reflected obviously in quite a significant bout of euro strength. Yes. You know, if you go back six months or so, uh, Europe was a political basket case. Growth was irredeemably slow. The euro is going to break up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, now basically European equities have rallied, currency has rallied, um, and uh, um, Macron is, uh, is uh, saving the day. Um, you know, Brexit is a sort of distant memory, um, and it's onwards and upwards, and that's been reflected, you know, in, in the rally in the euro. 
I've been scribbling uh, furiously as you went on your diatribe there for one and a half minutes. Holland, that's out the way. Uh, we thought that uh, a right-winger would come in there, and that hasn't happened. France, of course, that didn't happen as well. And we've got Macron, the, the youthful face of a uh, new Europe, and save the planet first rather than America first. And when it comes to Mr. Trump, my goodness me, he had uh, Scaramucci in for 10 days. Is this the thing that if there is going to be a problem for the world markets, in other words, a 10, 15 or 20 percent correction, which would be nice and healthy, I think. Do you think Mr. Trump could be the one? Is it going to be Russia, North Korea or just Trump on his own? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, we might be reaching a turning point on the sort of Trump front here. You know, I think everybody's expecting it, the White House to descend into even greater chaos. Yeah. I think that he's appointed you know, quite a sensible disciplinarian, tough guy in the form of John Kelly, um, who's clearly demanded uh, the spokesman's head on a platter. He's a, he's um, a Marine, of course, a, a four-star uh, Marine, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And because despite his comments about the armed forces, uh, generally to certain members of the armed forces, you know, by and large, he seems to be pretty impressed by people like Kelly and Mattis. So I think the ship will potentially be steadied. And, you know, the, the Republicans face a bit of a dilemma because here they are, Republican president, control of the Senate, control of Congress, and they can't get any of the legislation through. So are they really going to show up in front of the U.S. electorate um, uh, wanting to be re-elected in the congressional elections that are not that far off, you know, with that kind of record? So I think that the darkest hour is potentially the hour before the dawn, not that I've completely radically changed my views about Trump himself. Yes, OK. Earlier on in the interview, you more or less said the market is going up because the market is going up. And that ghastly acronym, FOMO, fear of missing out, seems to be a factor there. But uh, for once, I believe in that. And eventually, of course, just like musical chairs, the music is turned off and people can't find that last chair. So they run away. Can this happen? I don't want to be a doomsday market broadcaster. But oh, I, yes, you I, do. I, yes, I do. Of course I do. But you know what I mean? You said the market's going up because the market's going up. Well, look at it, because, uh, you know, actually, if you look at the S&P 500, so far this year, it's pretty much gone up in line with earnings. So earnings have basically been recovering. Yes. That normally is quite supportive for equities. And, you know, where we start to get uncomfortable is when you have runaway multiple expansion. Okay. So for the moment... I don't think things have necessarily sort of got to that sort of silly stage. Yes. Although obviously multiples are at fairly elevated levels and other international markets seem to be playing catch up at the moment. So, you know, it's sort of, that's a sign of sort of greater breadth, which also is, I think, you know, net net reasonably constructive. And add to that, you know, valuations are rarely the principal trigger of bear markets. So there's all this talk about and focus on valuations. Nobody can agree on which valuation methodology is right. You know, I understand that actually Professor Schiller is losing sleep at the moment. He's sort of complaining about sleeping badly because of <laughs> equity levels at the moment. Yes. And, you know, we feel sincerely sorry for him. Of course we um, do. But I think that, you know, the underlying fundamentals are reasonably supportive. It's quite clear that the market has taken the view that you know, central banks are caught in the horns of a dilemma, really, because uh, actually inflation rates 
are turning down, not up. And they were meant to turn up so they could normalize interest rates, weren't they? So that, that is a bit of a problem. So now they're having to sort of focus on financial stability. They've been given a sound talking to at the last BIS conference uh, earlier on in the summer. Um, and, you know, but by and large, the market is taking the view that interest rates are going to remain pretty low. So the risk of interest rates going up a lot has diminished, and I think that's correct. So until we get a, a meaningful melt-up, you know, I think that um, we should sort of probably sort of go with the flow, but you know, keep the exit door sort of firmly within view. People keep saying to me that the market is going up in low gear, and apparently because I don't own a motor car, uh, so I don't know these things, but apparently low gear means you use more petrol. So if you use more petrol in a, a steep climb, which is what the market is apparently doing at the moment, the petrol runs out quicker. So that's going to happen. That's my analogy. You mentioned a sleeping pattern for... Uh, uh, Professor Schiller. Exactly. Are you sleeping... Of the Schiller model. <laughs> are you sleeping badly yourself? No, I'm sleeping quite well at the moment because, you know, we've got reasonable balance on our portfolios. We're not getting carried away. And, you know, we use a methodology that focuses not only on valuations, but also fundamentals and investor positioning. You know, they could be a pullback, obviously. Um, but for the moment, basically, you know, we're reasonably constructed without getting carried away. And I think that's a um, justifiable position. Totally good. Philip, thanks so much for your time this evening. That's Philip Saunders from Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.